0: Love those mornings when you come in and you have to put the studio back together. What's up with that? Like searching for a microphone. I'm sitting in a chair that has one side and then the other side, I feel like I'm gonna fall out. Well, anyway. Hey, that would make for an interesting time, wouldn't it? Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. Well, on our program on Sunday mornings, we we try to have some fun um, because, as I've said many times, life is much, much too short. Uh, This has been a most interesting uh, time because a lot of the focus um, this weekend has also been uh, talking about. The uh, death of Senator John McCain, which was announced yesterday, Uh, he had had um, terminal brain cancer and stopped medical treatment. It was announced actually at the end of last week, and tributes to him are coming in literally round the clock, uh, too, and um, obviously someone very significant in the history of this country, not only as a politician, but also as someone who was a war hero, having been captured and been held prisoner during the uh, Vietnam War, too. On our program, first of all, we lead into Anne Ligori's Talking Golf, which is always an interesting uh, program on uh, Sunday mornings. And I do love the fact that I'm learning more and more about golf by listening to Anne's program, too. Um, I'm pleased when we have a situation like we have today, where we have a live guest in studio... And we have someone who, as a guest, I would say is not exactly a shy violet. It's, he's not somebody that I'm going to have to drag words out of. No way. Um, he's somebody who is very enthusiastic, very passionate as well about a topic that covers a lot of different areas, and it's something that will hit home with many people. And there's a tie-in with so many different things, but it all relates to how it is that we communicate. Now, you're thinking to yourself, all right, where is he going with this? Well, it's this idea of communicating, and our guest even puts forth the idea that there are ways to communicate without electronic devices. Hang on. I've realized some of you are probably going to have to help yourselves up off the floor hearing that as a possibility. Where's my iPhone? (laughs) In studio (laughs) with us is the founder of Chalkin Social. Um, The guest who is joining us is uh, David And David, the correct pronunciation on your last name is... Schoonmaker. Is Schoonmaker. Okay.
1: All right. I went from a shipbuilder thinking it was a schooner ship to a Dutchman telling me it was pronounced schoon, and I went to a cleaner. So within a five-minute conversation, I went from a shipbuilder to a janitor, and I was like, hey, no big deal. We're good to go with that. So now I'm communicating. Well, welcome to our program. Thank you, Bob. This is a pleasure. You know, we have a
0: lot of fun because there's so many different areas where we can go. Just in... In the elevator ride up uh, from the lobby downstairs, with <laughs> you, we started this idea of um, uh, communicating and talking about how it is that people uh, communicate or don't communicate, because we're in a society now, and I'm going to start to sound like I'm a thousand and six years old. Where realistically, my last birthday was I was only a thousand five, and <laughs> you don't look it at all. Um, thank you. Uh, We're in a society where people and their devices are almost inseparable. And the thing that really, I guess, drives that home is when you are in a restaurant (laughs) or some public place. But a restaurant is a classic example because I've seen this many times including about a month ago on the Upper East Side in a a Mexican restaurant up there. And watching two people who are seated at a table. They're the only two people at the table. And each of them has their phone Um, out. Both
1: on a date with their phone.
0: And they, those fingers are just flying there. And I'm thinking to myself, what?
1: Yeah. How did we get here? And that's every restaurant around the world <laughs> today.
0: <laughs> well, as I said in introducing you, your belief is that we don't have to have these devices to actually communicate.
1: For sure. The devices are fantastic. Technology is never going to end. Technology should continue to be amazing. Companies will continue to create incredible technologies that will be utilized, but we're losing the art of face-to-face communication. And when you think about it, You think about all of the amazing turning points and special moments in your life. I would ask a room of 100 people and say, raise your hand if there was any spectacular moment in your life that happened via text. You'll rarely get a hand raised. And if I say, when you proposed to your wife, or you got that job, or you talked with your physician, or you talked with your son's or daughter's teacher, all of those important things are face-to-face. And everyone nods and says, you're right. And now there's this need for immediate satisfaction and gratification and, and, and just fulfillment of a like on a photo and that's not real communication. And it's just become very addicting for not only kids but also for adults. You see families out at dinner and it's not just the kids on their phones, it's mom and dad as well. And it's almost become, hey, you know, we're gonna have dinner, you guys can go ahead and play on your phones and do your thing. And mom and dad will talk to eight of our friends that aren't here at dinner with us for some reason.
0: Well, did we get started and in this though? You know, let's go go to that family situation sure. because as you're saying that, I'm also thinking a lot of those kids. Came along at a time when the devices were there, and as they were growing up, you know, maybe they went on a car ride or whatever, and they were handed something video wise to play
1: with. Watch the movie in the back of the car Bingo. while we drive two hours.
0: Okay. So they get locked into using this technology. Isn't it a natural progression to think, okay, this then becomes. Correct their communication yeah. process?
1: Yeah, I think the, the challenging part is, I think that is the natural progression. But what's happening is it's the progression is too fast, and there's nothing to complement that progression of technology. So essentially what we consider chalk and social, it's an analog communication tool that's faster than digital because it's face-to-face. And if I was to look somebody in the eye and say, Look at my chalkboard that says you're beautiful on it. And they looked at me, and I said, now check your pocket where your phone is. And I texted you the same thing. What did you see first? They see Mm -hmm. the chalkboard on the hat. Mm -hmm. And they're removable chalkboards, so they're being used in classrooms for chalktivities, and teachers are using them for unique activities. And since the chalkboard's removable... You know, there's sometimes a concern about lice and different things with kids sharing hats. They don't have to share the hats. They could share the chalkboard. So it's, uh, you know, it's also being used at homes. And uh, kids with communication challenges like, say, delayed speech autism or nonverbal autism, parents will reach out and say, my child can express themselves immediately visually. So all of a sudden I say, well, I don't want to just send you one hat through the Chalk and Social Foundation. I want to send you five for the whole family. So when you're sitting at dinner, you could all communicate via the chalkboard hats, and then your son or daughter will latch onto it more. So there's been some really beautiful ways that analog communication, I think, outdoes digital communication. And you know, one of the main goals I have is to eventually get a chance to talk with a large tech company. Let's say you know, Apple and iPhone or Google and Android and to encourage them to create an analog program. And let's say it's a monthly program. So go ahead and buy your $900 iPhone. But you know what? We know that kids are spending too much time, screen time rather than face-to-face time. So we want to create an analog program where companies like Chalk and Social create analog tools. And on a monthly basis, we'll send you an email that allows you to request one of those analog tools absolutely free so this way they not only own the technology space but they own the analog face-to-face communi- communication space as well if everyone had an iphone and even at least 50 percent of those people took advantage of tools like this they'd say hey at a dinner table this is fun too i don't expect everyone in the world to wear a chalkboard hat believe me but it's more of a reminder to say that's the hat that's supposed to remind me to spend less time on my screen and more time talking to mom and dad, more time talking to friends, more time talking to my brother or sister.
0: Okay. There's so many different areas where we can go. And, you know, we'll get into talking about the chalkboard hat that you've alluded to uh, as well. Um, But one of the things that I want to talk about, and we're going to take a break in a moment here, is how it is that that this all started for you, how it is that you got um, <laughs> this kind of area of, of focus and developed the kind of insights that, you know, you're sharing with us, sharing in the passion that you're bringing to uh, the work that you're doing. I'm sure that, you know, some of the, what you've said is already connected with some of the people listening to us yeah. as well, too, you know, and I should say,
1: and they're, and they're probably driving and shouldn't be on their phones right now. <laughs>
0: You know, in the course of the discussion, we'll try to work in some thoughts and comments from some of them as well. Um, We're having an interesting discussion on our program talking about this topic of communicating without electronic devices. we got a lot more to get to this Sunday morning. Jim Nance. She gets the guests, doesn't she? Ann Liguori is along talking golf after our 7 o'clock update this Sunday morning. This is Bob Salter. We're in a discussion, an interesting one, with David Schoonmaker. Uh, he is uh, in studio with us. He's the founder of Chalkin Social. That's Chalkin, C-H-A-L-K-I-N, social. Uh, and there's a lot of information on um, the website at Chalkin Social. that's all as one word, dot com. Now, there's a couple of different things that I want to get into, and I want to <laughs> talk with you about how this all came about. I'll also mention the fact that We'll try to work in some thoughts from some of the folks listening to us. There may be people who are uh, parents, grandparents, or maybe people who are educators who are interested in um, what you're talking about with us. 877 337 6666 is our number here at WFAN. When I say to you, where did all of these ideas come from? How did you get rolling with this? How do you explain it?
1: You know, I, I kind of. Just I was enlightened at a moment when I thought, wow, you know, as we age, we meet less and less people each year, it seems. When you're a young kid, you have 50 friends, you know, and all of a sudden every year I started thinking, huh, you know, the quality of friendships has been changing because you're not really getting to know people as much anymore. And I would realize I'd be sitting at a restaurant on my iPhone, not talking to the person two feet away from me. I'd be, I'd grab an Uber to the airport, and I would pray that the Uber driver wouldn't talk to me for 45 minutes on the way to the airport. Um, I'd sit on a flight, immediately put my headset on, and listen to music, and just, you know, we kind of forgot how beautiful it was to communicate with another person and realize the amazing things you could learn and the connections you could make. And I swear, from that moment moving forward, I started expressing myself in unique ways, creating my own kind of custom hats. I'm a big concert fan, big music guy. So for instance, I went to LCD Sound System at Webster Hall, and I just put big LCD letters on my hat and wrapped <laughs> it up with, with, you know, wrapping tape, and the Uber driver actually had wrapping tape in the glove box somehow. And I walked in, and everyone was asking me about my hat. I ended up in the New York Times in the music section, And I'm like, wow, I met like 10 new people tonight who said, cool hat, who are you, what's the deal? And next thing you know, the cure is at Madison Square Garden, three nights in a row. I went all three nights, each night I made a different hat, breaking albums, taking needles off my turntable, like making my hat look like something, like an actual turntable on my head (laughs) every night. And I'm like, you know, okay, this is great. It's fun. I'm meeting some cool people. I guess, you know, I like attention. So why not? That's a great way to get attention. Um, and then all of a sudden I realized I need a faster way to do this. So I just went ahead and I, you know, went on like uh, Amazon. I bought like some do it yourself, uh, chalkboards. I bought uh, some decky, simple mesh hats. Uh, I bought chalk and I wrote hello on one of my hats and I walked around Soho and 20 people would wave and stop me and say, Hey, Hey, I get it. I see that. And I started saying, Wow. I'm not the only one here. I mean, you used to walk down the sidewalk and you'd say, wow, your eyes are beautiful or what a nice smile or, hey, great shoes. It's like now people are almost afraid to look at somebody. So they immediately take their device and look at their device instead. So it's like, I don't get in trouble. Right. Right. And next thing you know, essentially, I'm like, I need a faster way to do it. So... Previously, I had purchased 10 hats from a dear friend of mine who helps me produce the chalk and social hats. His name is Amir El-Shafi. He has a company called Headcrack NYC. He makes these really cool hats with Buddha's on it. Uh, and and other great, you know, embroidered pieces and he has a whole apparel line. Long story short, I'm flying back with some friends and one said, "I really like your Buddha hat." And being the giving kind of person I am, I said, "All right, I ordered 10 hats off his website." And I wanted to give them to friends, including the couple of friends I was flying with. And next thing you know, in the morning, I get a phone call saying, hey, this is Amir from Headcrack NYC. I never had one person buy 10 hats before. I said, "Okay." He goes, can I deliver them to you personally and say hi? (laughs) So, I mean, it's like it it was magical because what Chalk and Social is all about and what it represents is exactly that moment. If he hadn't taken that time to say, I want to meet you face to face. And I want to get to know who the heck just bought 10 of my hats. I would have never then three months later said, come on over. Here's a check. I want you to get 20,000 of these hats in production for me Mm -hmm. because I just created something. I think that's very special for some different special needs, as well as for everyone in the world who just wants to express themselves more. Mm. And it all happened from there. And then it would just be phone calls from a mom who has a son with nonverbal autism It would be a teacher. Uh, You may remember Barry White Jr. Barry White Jr. is a teacher who did all the unique handshakes with each of his students. Mm -hmm. Barry's on my foundation board. Miko Perez, whose son Joey had autism and muscular dystrophy. Uh, Joey, rest in peace. Beautiful, beautiful boy who Miko has a photo up in her office of Joey wearing a chalk and social hat that says, show me the money. And it just makes her smile every day that she consults Patients who come into her office so she can work her magic and help them with their child who has autism. Um, you know, when I have a mom that says, you know, Lincoln has three kids who are coming to his birthday party. And I say, why is that? And she says, well, because the kids think autism's some kind of disease. Like, you know, my son's not supposed to play with a kid with autism. And I mean, just the other day, I watched the movie Wonder Again which is about a child who has some deformities on his face. But, you know, you need to see through that and really understand the person. And I said, why don't I send overnight invitations for Lincoln's party that offers every person who attends a free chalk and social uh, cat pack kit is what I was calling them at that time. He suddenly had 15 kids come to his birthday party, including the teacher who then was interested in the hats for her classroom. And Lincoln is now part of the family. I write to his mom all the time and say, you know, Lincoln is now in karate class, and she gave me the greatest quote, chalk and social allows my son to express himself without fear. He has delayed speech, which is a spectrum of autism, but when he wears the hat, he can express himself immediately, so he loses that fear, and he can say what's on his mind. I've had parents up at my home who said every morning we would write on a chalkboard, next to our refrigerator, and just to kind of gauge our son or our daughter for the day on how maybe their actions would be. And they'd have tears in their eyes saying, something as simple as this idea, and it is a simple idea, could have allowed us to understand the mood swings then throughout the day. Maybe they change what's written on the chalkboard, because they're not in the kitchen at that chalkboard. right? And it just suddenly became, wow, what was important to me, where those magical things and helping people helping you know multisensory education in school where you the you know you have higher retention levels from reading things reading a book is higher retention than you'll get from reading on a digital device so i have teachers who now are using kind of the you know jargon that i'm using for chalk and social saying i do multisensory education now mm-hmm. or multisensory learning and teaching and you know it's just another tool Again, that should complement technology. Nothing's going to replace technology. But I think more companies need to be cognizant of the need for analog tools to complement their amazing creations.
0: Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's um, work in a phone call as well. WFAN's toll-free line, 877-337-6666. It's brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at com. Let's go to Martin, who's been holding for a long time in New Jersey. Martin, good morning. Welcome to the fan.
2: Good morning, guys. How you doing today? Well, thank you. Um, I, I listen every every Sunday. I love the subjects. There's an anecdote, I guess, I wanted to share a few years back. I've got a couple kids still in high school, couple, uh, one older. The older one doesn't really... Uh, Deal with the technology. We were trying to get our daughter at the time to look up from the phone. My wife had found a little clip on uh, on the internet. I don't know if it was Facebook or whatnot, but it was a quick little story that was told. It was two people were walking across the street, coming from one end to the other, and they locked eyes. And the clip basically told a story. They met, they dated, and went all the way through their great grandchildren. Beautiful story. And then at the end. It said, this is what really happened. They start at the beginning of the story again. They're both walking across the street. They're both looking down at their phones. They never locked eyes. Nope. And there was obviously no life relationship. And the whole point was that they should be looking up from their phones because you don't know what's going to happen. Now, my daughter reacted <laughs> She wanted to know, you know, what we were really trying to say, because she's a <laughs> teenage girl, and right. you know, thought we were attacking her. But I just thought it was a great, quick little story to at least just try and point out the value in looking up. Oh, and we we just never forgot it. I don't know where the clip is. I've never looked, you know, never tried to find it again. But again, they crossed the street. They didn't look at each other, and that was the real story.
1: I love it. I mean, you know, it's. Uh... Every single person, and again, I don't want to keep on talking about the product itself, but to your point about just being face-to-face with people and engaging in a conversation, the magical things that happen, people have forgotten about. I mean, and it, I feel like since I started Chalk and Social, everyone then who notices my hat, I have such a unique conversation with and I become friends with, and we share ideas, we create things together. We go to concerts together, and to your point, all it takes is that quick look-up that could be a total game-changer and life-changer. So that is just an awesome clip you shared with us.
2: Absolutely. Have a good day,
1: you thank too. You too.
0: Thank you, and thank you for your kind words about the show as well. 877-337-6666 is our phone number here at The Fan.
1: Ann Liguori is along talking golf after our 7 o'clock update Tell us about the foundation. Absolutely. The Chalk and Social Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation. Uh, Essentially, the way the foundation works is I have a module on the Chalk and Social website by Pledgling, uh, which allows people to donate. Um, At the same time, all of my sales on the chalkandsocial.com site, 10% of every hat sale also goes to the foundation. And to be quite transparent here... I would say out of the initial 20,000 hats that I've ordered, I've donated 10,000 hats. I've you know, not had significant contributions yet, haven't had significant sales that have funded, but every teacher who's reached out and said, I'd like to try these for my classroom, every mom and dad who's reached out saying, I think this can help my son or daughter, I felt proof of concept was so important to really understand how it can help and where it can help, and I get those testimonials back and that's why I've had a lot of focus. I feel like when you focus on the right things, like education, like communication challenges, uh, everything else just follows naturally. And that's the beautiful thing here uh, because it's not just for those particular areas. It's for everyone in the world who just has something to say. And the foundation essentially uh, you know, donates. Uh, We have tons of people kind of waiting to see. I had a a teacher reach out recently who said, I teach abused boys and abandoned boys. Mm. And he goes, they're very silent in class and Mm. they're very introvert and they don't express themselves. And I want to do a research project to see if your hats help them and how they help them and how I can use your hats. Other teachers will do chalktivities and that will help us then Create new chalk activities for teachers, and those are simply activities in class: doing mathematics, uh, doing di- making different sentences by kids writing words, and then sharing the chalkboards and changing those sentences. And you know, it's really magical. I have a YouTube channel, uh, you know, where people can go and check out chalk and social and see how teachers are using them in class. But the foundation uh, is, you know, an ex- extremely uh, dear to me because you know, there's nothing more incredible. I don't care if someone writes you a million dollar check. I would rather get a testimonial from mother and father that said, we write yes and no on our chalkboards. And our daughter loves to communicate, but she has a hard time finishing sentences. And she uses the yes and no on our chalkboard hats as a point of reference. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask my daughter a question, and then mom will say yes or no. And she would point to the hats and the daughter would finish with the yes or no. They said now they don't even have to point to the hats because they've helped her understand the point of reference are the hats. So when I hear things like that, and there's a video as well that's on my Facebook page, and people can see those parents actually working with their child in the hats, that to me is magical. You know, I think it comes down to it when you're 20 years old and you start working, you want to make all the money in the world. As you get older, you want to give it all back and do good things.
0: The voice of our guest on our program on The Fan, David Schoonmaker. We'll talk more with David as we continue this Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning on The Fan after our 7 o'clock update. It is Ann Ligori who's along talking golf here on The Fan. And hopefully by now, too, you've uh, downloaded that Radio.com app um, because you want to keep updated on things happening on The Fan and be able to check out literally programs as they are happening too. Hey, you got to get with, stand by the word I'm about to use, the technology in this day and age. Now, we were talking about your foundation. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about some of the people who are involved with that.
1: I love it. You know, you you may think, okay, you have a hat with removable chalkboards. (laughs) Who could be on this board? (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to say that, You know, Barry White Jr., who is the handshake teacher. He's an elementary teacher in North Carolina. He's been on every talk show, and he created a unique handshake with each student, which really empowers them. And they walk in the class jumping up and down, excited for the day. So I reached out to Barry and said, Barry, I created a product that I could see you love when your students express themselves, and I could see you love multisensory education. And he said, wow, how do I get your hats? I said, just give me your address, and I'll ship them. So Barry uses them in class, and again, you know, you could see amazing video that uh, Barry recently sent to us mm-hmm. that's on the YouTube page. Uh, Miko Hester-Perez uh, assists parents in educating them on uh, different ways to assist their children who have nonverbal autism and autism. She also works with a company called From the Earth, and she is the specialist in regards to medical cannabis mm-hmm. that assists in some autism situations, as well as for severe pain. Uh, One, you know, uh, is uh, Brian Dorgan. Brian Dorgan is the director of instruction at Harbor Special Needs School in Eatontown, New Jersey, which happens to be about a mile around the corner from my full-time agency job. Uh, So I had a chance to donate 280 chalk and social hats and see kids with many different types of challenges. And it was one of the most incredible moments to see them holding the hats up high and all expressing themselves to uh, you know with one another and writing the most incredible and drawing the most incredible things on the hats. And then one that uh, is just so special to me as well is Dr. Vincent Newen. Dr. Vincent Newen is a specialist in palliative care, and he mm-hmm. helps patients during those final stages of life. Right. He helps patients and their families. Uh, Dr. Newen reached out to me and said, can you send me 20 hats? I'd love to try it in our oncology practice at the Hoag Center in California, at Hogue Cancer Center. And he tried the hats, and they wrote the funniest things on their hats because he said, you know, you're really having a hard time some days putting on a smile, but your hat can always make people cheerful. It could always bring hope and joy into a workplace that sometimes could be so sullen and sad because you could be losing a special patient and you're helping make that experience for their family as pleasant as possible. So I have a human, who, who, and Dr. Vincent Newen won the humanitarian award in 2016 for senior care, and he's on my foundation board. So, you know, these aren't people in apparel. These aren't people just, you know, These are people who are extremely experienced in their field. So you have education, you have special needs education, you have autism experts, and you have uh, oncology and palliative care experts. So I speak in front of oncology nurses, and the nurses just love using the hats with their patients because, again, it allows them to just add some joy to their day. And it's nothing that I would ever expect or anyone would expect. It has to be worn every day. But when it is worn, it's worn for a special reason. And, you know, to me, I love all my board members. We support each other. We compliment each other on Facebook posts. And it's, uh, you know, they're great people. Miko will actually be with me soon in September. We're working the Autism Education Summit, um, which is uh, an, an exhibit in Dallas, Texas, December 28th to 30th. And Generation Rescue is the overall company, which Jenny McCarthy is involved in, mm-hmm. uh, who has a child with all autism. Right. So we're excited to be part of that. So Mika will be able to assist and talk with parents who have questions about their children with autism. I could talk about the socializing. My brother will be there as well, who is a specialist in healthcare, care. And uh, Gabriela Seves is a retail specialist. So they're kind of all advisors to me. And, uh, you know, that with the foundation, it's like, I have a powerhouse team and an extremely simple product that works some magical things. What goes
0: through your mind <laughs> when you see something like those two, I thought you say figure was 285, kids. uh,
1: 200. I mean, I can't even explain.
0: Whoa. What went through your mind? What went through my
1: mind is, wow, I think I just created something that I'm going to have to continue and grow and figure out a way to make this even more amazing. It really was the start of something incredible where Brian Dorgan, the director of instruction at Harbor School, started doing a hat day. So he would encourage all the kids to come in with their hats and they would write something. Mm -hmm. I love Brian Dorgan. I love my class. I love Harbor School. And he's like, the inspirational and beautiful things these kids would write just added to the environment that day and made it a more special day for everyone. The faculty would wear the hats as well. And what went through my mind was like, man, I think I really created something that can change lives, that can make a day better for a person, that can make an hour better for a person. And, you know, again, whether you have communication challenges or not, I don't care who it is, but I I, I was at the um, uh, Southern Connecticut State University. They actually did a market. They did their final marketing project on chalk and social. They loved the product. They thought it was cool. I wanted to kind of see how college kids would you know react to it. So I took them up on it and said I would love to, and went up there. And at the end of all of the presentations, I had to choose the winner. I gave them gifts and you know gift cards. But at the end of the presentation, I said, listen, when I first presented, I sensed 50% of you thought this was a quirky, kind of maybe dorky product that you didn't want to put on your head. (laughs) It really all depends what you write on the hat, right? (laughs) So I said, how many of you can raise your hand and tell me when you wore the hat in a certain situation that you didn't get extra attention, that you didn't meet extra people, That you weren't fascinated by how many people came up to you, and every single one of them completely agreed and said, something magical happened every time we wore that hat. And that's it. And I don't care who it is. You know, Bob, if you wear the hat tomorrow and walk around New York, you will have 20 people come up to you and say, what's up with the hat? Tell me about it. And And then you can change
0: it 10 times. And the funny thing is, this goes back to something you were saying earlier about walking around Soho. (laughs) And we were talking about this before we started the show today. Normally, you walk around New York. It's not just New York, but let's take New York since we're here. And what do you see? You see the tops of people's heads. Yeah. Okay. Nobody's making eye contact. Nobody. No. Okay. No one looks at anyone. No. The fact that people would even notice this, then take that other brave step of actually communicating. Yeah. It's
1: like, Whoa. Yeah. It's like, wow, that person's expressing themselves. I used to do that. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's fun. I mean, is the next
0: step going to be that people actually will perhaps go back to handwriting
1: notes? Yeah. I mean, it's funny you say that because, you know, uh, I would always be asked the question, what are ways to communicate without devices? And I'd say, well, send roses. That's a way to communicate love and, you know, appreciation. Write a handwritten note. That's a way to differentiate yourself from somebody else. So you're going for that job interview. Everyone's going to send a text. Everyone's going to send an email. Write that handwritten note, and that is 10 times more powerful than what's much simpler. So it's like, you know, it's it's anything. It's the face-to-face communication is so much more, there's more involved and it is sending a text message. Now, Sherry Turkle, who's an MIT professor, has, one, has a uh, great TED Talk called Connected But Alone, and she said you would think out of the thousands of text messages that go back and forth between people might add up to something really substantial, but many times it doesn't at all, <laughs> and a five-minute conversation can, can defeat that tenfold. I mean, one of my favorite TED Talks is a TED Talk by Robert Waldinger, and this is really when you ask what helped to motivate me with chalk and social. Mm -hmm. It's the most beautiful TED Talk, and it's called, you know, What Makes a Happy Life? And Robert Waldinger is, I believe, the third director of this 75-year Harvard study called the Grant Study, where they studied 700 boys from the age of 13 years. And 50% were from affluent areas of Massachusetts and others from poor areas of Massachusetts. Every two years, they would do brain waves, uh, they would do blood tests, they would watch them communicate with friends and family. 70 of those 700 men now are still alive and in their 90s. And out of the thousands of pages of information they have on these boys, they summarize that it's not about the heart disease. It's not about the diabetes, it's not about the high blood pressure. Those who surrounded themselves in tighter mm-hmm. social networks with friends, with family, and with the community are those who lived happier and healthier lives. And that really moved me. And from there, I went and saw Temple Grandin, who mm-hmm. you know, is one of the most famous women with, uh, you know, with autism who speaks around the world. And it just got me into the whole zone of I want to help people realize how important face-to-face socializing is. Because, again, I started losing that art myself. And now I've gained it back. And I stopped going out to the clubs where I would have meaningless conversations with people because I couldn't hear them. (laughs) And I'll have 10 people over my house. And after four hours, I'll say, do you realize nobody was on their phone and we all know each other more in this room right now than we've known some of our friends for 10 years. And that's pretty sad. I mean, it really is. I know you, Bob, probably better than I know some of my friends right now just because we've been having this conversation.
0: And that's the amazing aspect of this is if you just get the process started, you can start to open up a whole new world. And yes, you can actually learn things And perhaps learn a little something about someone else, too.
1: Uh, And that's the most amazing thing is just the new connections. And you realize how small the world is. And, you know, I mean, the funniest thing is, you know, when I first said to my business partner, I have this idea. And he said, ah, you know, I'm not sure, but maybe. Two weeks later, he calls me and goes, you know, my mom is a volunteer at Harbor School in Eatontown, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So it's like everything suddenly is connected. And I still go back to thinking when Amir said, I want to deliver these hats to you in person, I thought, man, usually I would say, are you kidding me? Just mail them to me. I don't have time to talk. But for some reason that day, I said, sure, deliver me these hats, which helped us build a relationship and now a dear friendship. And he's the reason the hats were produced as quickly as they were, because otherwise I might have just sat on it. Jessica Marie is out in California She's in the back room of my house sanding chalkboards. It's like I've I've remembered every moment from the start and just the thought process here of all the special people who've contributed to it.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us on our program. Thank you. Certainly good luck continued with your work. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. David Schoonmaker, who is the founder of Chalkin Social, chalkinsocial.com, the uh, website. That's it for us. We're going to make way for our top-of-the-hour update with the Dave Urem. After that, Ann Liguori is talking baseball, or talking, talking golf, talking golf here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.